will go. What's up everyone, Jeff here, like always, I hope you guys are doing good, hope everyone is doing good. I'm gonna stop making promises about the way things are gonna be going from now on on the intros, because if anyone's been listening to these, you'll notice that I've been making a whole bunch of promises and telling you guys about how things are gonna be going from now on, and none of it ever happens. I'm a huge asshole, and you know what, I feel, I actually feel pretty bad about it, so I'm gonna stop doing that. All I can say is, Dustin and I are trying to make this good. We're trying to do, we're, we're, we're trying to make it better. Alright, I thought this episode was good, I like this episode. We talked about, uh, we talked about some controversial stuff, we talked about that girl that put on blackface from K-State, talked about the national anthem. Yeah, so uh, this is a cool episode. No guests this week, just me and Dustin talking shit. Uh, if you want to hit us up at the podcast, the email is kansaspodcast at gmail. And uh, I don't have much else to say. We're just going to go ahead and uh, roll into this episode. So I hope you guys enjoy. No, I would thought I figured this is what we would lead with. Oh, this that blew picture. up yesterday. Oh no, not this. I saw something else, but yeah, we can't talk about that. So I actually haven't really, I haven't looked anything up on that. That girl that that uh, did the blackface, but apparently she also used the N word. So then I was like, oh well, I guess if you also use the N word while in blackface, I could see like I could see that being pretty. Yeah, offensive. it's on the picture. It's just the Snapchat caption. If you pull it up. Oh, okay. See, I didn't even see that. Yeah, let's look. KSU student. Oh, defends sending blackface Snapchat selfie and using the N word. So, so to the person who was this like on her her like story or did she send this snapchat that, to someone that i have i have not been able to figure out if it was on her story or not because if if she just sent it to someone and then someone like saved it and so sent y- it out that person's a dick yeah so my feelings on it are uh is it does it have the caption on it or do they edit it out uh the caption's not on there oh uh, why would you edit the caption jesus how am I supposed to know what they said? Well, because if you're trying to establish a narrative, Jeff, oh. it makes a whole lot of sense to, you know, dilute the context. Oh, God, that's so annoying. Uh, all right, let's go images and see. Oh, actually, from that uh, picture, I could tell that it was on her story. It's on her story. All right, here's one. With, Feels good to finally be a nigga. Smiley face. Right, so they're wearing <laughs> black makeup mask, it looks like. I don't know. I feel like if I, I imagine it's some sort of makeup mask. I don't know if they went and got enough like black face paint just to do that because it's not like it's not right. all the way around their eyes. Yeah, it, it looks like a makeup thing. So yeah, yeah. When I first so saw in the it, moment while doing a makeup thing, it looks like she did this. So my feeling on it is uh, when you read that at the end of it, there's a an emoji. It's a crying, laughing emoji. Yeah, which to me indicates that 
it was a joke meant to be a joke for her friends. On Snapchat, a hundred percent. And Snapchat's changed a lot in the past year. Like, uh, like there's a lot more story stuff. It, it like other people can see your stuff, you know, from following you. Okay, it's it's not. I don't use Snapchat. It's so not as private know. as it used to be. You know, okay. where like it's just gone because because it used to be pretty you. private, right? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if she understood the scope of what it meant to put it on her story. Right. But I imagine when she sent it out, she didn't think the world was going to see it. Dude, fuck no, she didn't think that. And yeah, I'm, I'm just a white guy here, so, you know, I, like, obviously it didn't... When I first saw it, I, like, giggled and shook my head like a stupid white girl. Like, that was my thought, you know? Yeah. But, like, I think if I got that snap from a friend, like a white friend... Dude, I, I wouldn't think anything Especially, like, a, a girlfriend that, who was just wearing a makeup mask. If, like, yeah. if she, I probably would have laughed and shook my head and just like, huh, you're an idiot kind of thing. Like, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been offended in any way. Now, I don't know if I would have sent that to a black friend of mine. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know if you would catch me doing it. Right. But the thing I'm not ready to do is call these girls racist, which is, which is a lot of what's been going on is, like, there's well, this one article that I read, and it's like, white people need to get it together, y'all. But it was, it was written by a white person. <clears throat> oh, God and it's damn like, it. I and it's like, those. went on to say a couple of things. It's like, but apparently they're not teaching that at Kansas State University. It's oh. Like, oh, so we're going to condemn a university <laughs> because this, because one of their students did this, like, and I get that Kansas State, like if you're from Kansas, you know Kansas State kind of has a reputation of dude being it's in the middle red, of nowhere. Red, yeah, it's in the middle yeah. of nowhere, they have right. a, a bunch of rednecks and racists, right? But I think to look at this girl and say, "Oh, she's a white girl in central going to a school in central Kansas," she obviously meant this to be racist. It's kind of more of an inherently racist thought to assume that if someone makes a joke, they're automatically racist. Yeah, exactly. Because you're assuming that. If you're under operating on the assumption, oh, look, white girl from central Kansas. Well, and I, w- I was actually thinking about this earlier today. So I understand the historical context for why blackface is racist. Yes. Obviously, I get that it was, it was really offensive because no one wanted to hire black entertainers. So they would right. have white people put on blackface and pretend to be black people in movies, in theater performances, in musical performances. I get it. However, in the context of today, I don't find blackface, wearing blackface, any more offensive than if someone wore a Native American headdress, if someone wore a turban to try to be a Middle Eastern person, if someone wears a sombrero. Yeah. It's all the same. You're, quote, making a joke or having fun while trying to look like another race. Right. Period. It's all the same. And so in this country, I understand the historical context for blackface. But does anyone think that what she was doing in this picture was, was somehow marginalizing those black entertainers? That don't, <laughs> is, she exclu- like, is she somehow harming black entertainers and stopping them from getting work by doing that? Fuck no. She's wearing a makeup right. mouse. Another thing ma- in this article that I read was like, blackface is not okay. Which, okay, fine. I'll hear that argument. You know, whatever. I'm not, obviously, I'm a white person. I'm not fully equipped to know the scope of this. I don't, like, have, I've never felt what it's like to well, be you black. Can't, yeah, you can't tell other people what it is but, and isn't offensive to them. Right. But if you look at the picture, like, it's, it, is it not clearly a makeup mask? If you were doing blackface, would you not go closer to the eyes and fill up, fill up on the lips? Like, like, I don't, like, they didn't set out to start making blackface and, like, set up this snap. It doesn't appear. Exactly. It looks like they were doing a makeup thing. Well, because I never... When and in the moment, they were like, oh, wouldn't this be funny? Did this just happen yesterday? I think, I think it happened two days ago. Okay. So, when I first saw it two days ago or yesterday, whenever it was, I didn't read 
the headline. I, I just saw the picture and mm-hmm. I just oh, those are girls wearing makeup. And I kept moving. I didn't even you didn't know read the caption. I yet. didn't read the caption. And so I didn't even know this was a story until this morning. And I was like, why is this same picture of girls in makeup on my feed? Right. And then I read it and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but and, and and I'm not trying to say that since I don't find it offensive that no one does and it's right, not right. offensive to black people. I'm obviously 100%. And we don't know their intent. They could have just meant it to be jackasses. But I mean, I'm get, it looks like she's defending it. Or do you still have that story pulled up where she was defending herself? Or Yeah, let's see if she says something. Let's see if we can get a quote from her. KSU student defends blackface. Um, I saw like one tweet from a guy that was like, and the campus has an open carry and I'm not supposed to fear for my life. And I was like, whoa, I don't think these girls are going to be shooting anybody. Oh, God. <laughs> so annoying. Okay, quote. It was sent in a joking manner to our friends, she said. I am the least racist and most accepting person you will ever meet. Never would I send it in a derogatory way. Um, right. She wasn't like standing in an, a line outside of a temp agency with full on blackface and ratty clothes going finally feels good to be a nigga. Like she's wearing a makeup mask, you know, it's <laughs> that's not the same thing. Right. No, it's. Like it's it's funny because they're they're making fun of the blackface, but like it's it's a makeup thing. So what they're doing is they made a joke about blackface while wearing while makeup. they're, they're wearing makeup. They weren't. Yeah. It, it's not even like it doesn't they, seem like it was conceived. Maybe it was conceived beforehand. They would do this at some point, but it's like I'm guessing they didn't be like, oh, we got to find the blackest makeup for this. It's probably like an application or a mask. Oh, a hundred. No makeup expert or anything, but I don't know. It just I well, feel like the the. I mean, with most things now, the, the level of vitriol that this has sparked is, it says more about us than them. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. Well, not us particularly. Not us particularly, uh, yeah. but us as a whole, us as a mass population. I feel population like we're the only ones being them. rational at this point. I mean, I'm sure there's other people having rational conversations about it, but... Uh, well, that's what I want someone to answer, is I want someone to answer how is that... especially Okay, especially in the context of this country, and especially in the context of this country's history, how... How is blackface any more offensive than someone wearing a Native American headdress? John Wayne played a fucking Native American and he was white in movies. Okay, so Native American, quote, entertainers were just as marginalized as black entertainers. Okay, all right, so there. Uh, we, were, we were decimated. Black people were mm-hmm. enslaved. What's the difference? I don't know, but I mean, people get mad at those things too. Like, Yeah, and those people are equally as dumb. Emma Stone... That yeah. whole thing blew oh. up about her playing that role in Aloha. And then the Scarlett I, Johansson playing the uh, anime character, oh, who actually in the original anime series has blue eyes and black hair and a whitish complexion. But people, they just read the, they read the title of the thing without doing any research on it. And they go, oh, that's a Japanese title. And that's a right. white girl. Right. So this is racist. Well, no, it's racist that you assume that because it was a Japanese title that it's all Japanese characters. That's racist. Yeah. That's the yeah. racist thought. Right. You're being a racist. Right. While calling other people racist. And it's gotten so backwards in this fucking country with what we call people. Dude, because people, people love to be the victims. That's what, just, like, just, like that, just like what happened earlier this week where I was accused of being sexist. And then I was like, okay, well, I want, you to, I want you to tell me what part of what I said was sexist. And their response was, well, you can, you can try to get in the nuance. Or what, what, what word did they use? 
I don't. And then she said something to the effect of, "You think you're the one's going to crack the nut?" <laughs> what is that? like? Do you not watch comedy? Yeah, ever? there's lots of comics that do anti-women jokes, and people understand that it's a joking premise, and they don't get mad. Well, and it's not even like nothing I said was even anti-woman. Right. Right. Nothing. Nothing I said was anti-woman. The three things she had a problem with, none of them anti-woman. I pointed out that there was a difference. Like there had to be different standards for if for what constituted rape with a stranger or with a spouse. Which I, I think that's obvious. Which, so like so I was pointing out the rules. If you actually broke that down, well yeah, there probably should be a little difference there. Oh and uh, secondly, it's it's a funny it's a funny premise to play with. And I brought up and I explicitly said at least five times. Obviously, you can rape your spouse. And I brought up how it was actually legal to rape your spouse since until 1993. And I was like, that's fucking crazy. That is crazy. Th- that it took that long for that to so be you're a making law. a point on stage about something, and she's just viewing it through the lens of, oh, my God, he's anti-woman. Like, right. Without, obviously, without any critical thinking involved oh, at all. A hundred percent. And then the other one was uh, a Facebook post I made where I just brought up how, like, okay, like there's a lot of women not standing for the national anthem. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I, yeah it's I easy when no one's in the stands. See, I wasn't there for your set, but I remember one person being like, "Well, he gave like five disclaimers like before he even got into yeah. the joke." So like, right? You've set up that like either this isn't what I really believe, or this might be a joke. It might be what I believe, but you don't know because I'm on stage doing something right now. Oh, a hundred. Either one of which are perfectly fine to do at a fucking open mic. Exactly. There's nothing worse than and, comedy police coming from comedians. And seriously, and people laughed at the punchline. I have a recording of it. I heard the laughter. So, like, she tried to say no one laughed. No, that's a lie. I have the recording. I can show you. Like, what? You're just, you're <laughs> a liar now. And then the third instance was using the word cunt. Okay, man. Cool. That, there's really the dictionary definition. There's no difference in saying dick. It's, it's those kind of people, too, that will, like, when you're in the back of the room, judge you for the stuff that you laugh at. Yep. Because, like, someone will say that ridiculous. I'm like, oh, obviously that's ridiculous. I'm like, ha! Like, <laughs> like, it just hits me. I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to see where they're going with this. Yeah. And then, like, I get looks from, like, other people. Like, oh, I can't believe dude. you laughed like that at that. And I just want, and I just want to walk up and be like, why don't you go fuck yourself? And that, oh, yeah. And that's why, that's why audience members at certain kinds, especially comedy events, can be real tight sometimes where they don't want to laugh because they're scared yeah, of they're other scared people of in other the people. audience right. judging them for laughing at that. And that's ridiculous, which yeah. is why you talk about these things is to point out the ridiculousness. Yeah, the classic trope of a, of a guy w- telling a joke about shit men do that they don't tell their wives, and every guy is like looking like right. down oh, at his oh, table. Yeah. <laughs> and the wives are looking at, why are, you, why are you looking down right now, bitch? Yep, yep. <laughs> and uh, I was listening to Sam Harris this week. Yeah, did you start, up, did you start up, listening to his podcast? Yeah, I've been listening to it for, I, don't know, I think I've listened to like the last four or five episodes. Okay, yeah, because I saw, I saw you post, you've posted one or two things that he said from his podcast, and I was like, I think oh. I quoted him once. Yeah, well, and then you posted the, the thing from the ISIS newspaper. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I saw you post that. That, because when I, dude, it was just like, and I, I was, just love the way he like just read that and just like, this is what's going on. Like, I don't know, I just. Well, it comes, yeah, well, the, yeah, and his whole point in that comes down to you have if you you have to take people at their word for what right. they believe and then where you made the point even if it is propaganda it's working okay. right so it's real right perception reality exactly what but uh, he said something maybe it was with the whole hannibal i don't think it was him and josh zepps but he made it i don't, so I don't remember if it was his podcast or the josh zepps thing which i did end up listening to the him and hannibal that was man <laughs> that was hilarious but uh him, they were talking about how 
in Australia or like any other country around the world, basically, if you were to say the N word to them, they wouldn't even know what you were referring to. I uh, uh I heard Josh Zebs talk about maybe that. it was Josh well, Zebs. Josh Zebs said that it wasn't like it was not okay to call people that. Like they knew what they. But the pe- phrase the N word didn't exist. Right. So like he's saying for like he for instance, describe in, it by saying in the Australia, N-word. if you wanted to talk about it, you would if you wanted to talk about the word nigger, you would just say it, and right. everyone would understand that you weren't calling anyone that, you weren't inferring it was okay to call anyone that, but when you're talking about a Which word... Which I didn't even think about that. Like another, you use Yeah, you words. would just use that word. We're here, you, you would have to be like, well, a lot of people say the N-word. Yeah, right. But if you said that to like, someone in Australia, they'd be like, what's the N-word? Like, right. what, is that a, what are you talking they're, about? Yeah, they're like, what? Yeah, exactly. Which I always thought that was... I always thought that was weird how we kind of policed language. I don't like that. I think when you police language, it, you're missing the point. Like the same, it's the same people that want to like they they don't like gang violence, so they want to shut down rap music. It's like no, I'm pretty sure people were shooting each other <laughs> yeah. before there was rap music. Right. Like rap right. music is an expression coming from that. Like how like the fact that you would equate that to causing like oh rap music causes gang violence. No, you're an idiot. Oh, saying the word nigger causes people to be more racist. No, racist people already say that. And another point that I've heard a lot of people like making for a while now is that, yeah, you keep you keep going this direction with language policing and telling what people what words they can't say. Then everybody's just saying what they have to say to not get in trouble, right? Versus us knowing what they actually think and being able to be like, you know what? No, fuck you. You're a racist motherfucker. I don't want to fuck with you. Oh, you mean I'd like rather, having to give that disclaimer? Yeah, I'd yeah. rather know that you're racist and not give you my business if there's like two side by side businesses and one i know one of the owners is racist i would rather know that oh 100 then they both just say the politically correct thing and i might actually go put the money in the racist guy's pocket 100 percent, because he has the better looking store or whatever you know like yep if i don't know how am i supposed to correct for that action well and as consumers how are we supposed to well and even if you're not talking about in a consumer sense just like a just a social sense and the way people interact when you police everyone's words like that or when you force people to not be able to express themselves fully and truly, then what happens? Yeah, like you don't really know who's racist or you don't really know who's sexist. So now what happens is you have racist or sexist people, xenophobic people running through your society that have figured out, how to, figured out how to not get caught. Right. And so that, that means they're, gonna, they're still going to do the little things that kind of, hmm, hmm. But when you don't explicitly know, like they just they slip through the radar. So you allow people to slip through the radar. Yeah. So instead of sifting out and being able to find those people, now we've got the racist anti-racist right. movement. Well, ex- <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Well, and it and it forces and the sexist <laughs> anti-sexist movement. And <laughs> right. Well. Well. And you and you're not solving the problem. So even if there's a racist person and you make it unacceptable for him to be racist, and but you set it up in a way where he can just pretend not to be. That guy is never not going to be racist. You're, he's never going to learn. You're ne- yeah, you're never forcing people to confront that. You're never forcing... Just Okay, so the same... An analogy, an easy analogy, is to like uh, what I was telling you earlier about what happened when I was playing pickup basketball today. Yeah. Where there's a guy, I like him, off the court, but on the court, he's a huge dick. He calls right. fouls that are blatantly not fouls. Anyone who calls something on him, he gets furious at. But and then people get mad that he'll call a foul that's obviously not a foul. Like he he shoots threes, he'll shoot a three, won't get touched, but will call a foul. Yeah, he's the because you're buying. Yeah, he's the I'll call everything guy. Yes, 
And then everyone if it doesn't go my way. And there's and always then everyone the shoot likes, too much guy, and there's always the clap for the ball all the time guy. Yep. And he's all of those combined <laughs> into one person. And and everyone complains when he's not there. When he's not there, everyone complains. But when he's there, people just let him get away with it. Right. And then so today, I was like, when he was being a dick, I was like, no, you guys are the problem. It's your you created this monster because you refuse to say anything. Yeah, you just keep going along with all you this bullshit. You just keep going along with it because you're weak and you're scared of confrontation and you're just not willing to say anything about it. Right. Like today, we were already playing. It was like now all of corporate national, corporate America, right? Yeah. <laughs> like today, we were one guy already got up and left because they were mad at him. He clearly traveled. Very clearly traveled. And so this other guy was like, hey, travel, stop. We're going back the other way. And everyone, he's like, I didn't travel. And then everyone just stood there. He's like, no, I didn't travel. Fuck that. I didn't travel. And... Everyone on the sideline, I was, I was on the sideline waiting to play. Very clear travel. See, I'm the kind of guy in a pickup game, even if he's on my team, I'd be like, no, it's a travel, man. Let's go. Let's go play defense. No, but I play with a bunch of yes men because ah, yeah, they, they have all of them yeah. basically have corporate jobs and they're basically re, all day. What, that just says so much to me about you as a person, though. You can learn a lot about a person on a court like that. Oh, like, dude, yes. Like, cause for me, if I'm on that guy's team and he blatantly travels, and then nobody stands up and says he traveled, and I don't stand up and say he traveled, and then we come down, and we end up winning the game by one possession later. The rest of the day, I'll be thinking about how I didn't earn that win, even though it was just a pickup basketball game. Right. Like, it's going to haunt me, because I feel like shit about it. But you could tell he's the person that, will, that, doesn't, that doesn't bother him. It, a right. win's a win. And so this other guy was finally like, no, I'm tired of your bullshit. That was a fucking travel. You don't get a free possession. You get so many free possessions. Fuck that. And then so finally, that guy got up and left. <laughs> he just got up and left. That's funny. And so the, the guy that obviously traveled, that's, that's the problem. He, he wasn't playing very good that day, and he was being a baby the whole day. So his team had lost. He was sitting out. He wasn't going to play again. So a game just got over, and we were going to run it back one last time. All right, everyone has to go back to work one last time. We already started playing. Right. We st- and then he walks on the court and goes, fuck that. I get to shoot for it. I want to play now. I was like, I was like no. We already started playing. You knew we were going to start playing. You heard so us say we were going to... So there's already people on the court, and we like, all, he wants to kick someone we, off the court? Yes. And I was like, no. And he's like, no, we have to shoot for it. And then everyone on my team, because we lost the game, everyone starts lining up to shoot for it. And I was like, no, fuck that. I grabbed the ball. And I was like, no, we're not shooting for it. We already pl- we're already playing. No. Fuck that. And then one other guy on my team was like, yeah, fuck that. We're already playing. And then everyone was like, but then... He was like, fine, I'll just stand here. And everyone was like, well, I guess we have to shoot for it because oh he's God. just going to stand here. I was like, then we'll play around him. Pretend the volleyball net's up. He's the volleyball net today. Yeah. Like, fuck it. We're going to play. We'll just fucking run right into him. And then so everyone else on my team was shooting, and every time they threw me the ball to shoot, I just threw it away. I was like, no. No, I'm not fucking shooting. And then that's when I was like, I was like, you guys are all Angelo's bitches. I was like, I like you. I was like, Angelo, I like you. Like, we're, we always get along and we're cool. But... You're, I, I'm not your bitch, and I'm not going to act like your bitch. These guys, these guys are all your bitches. They just do whatever you want. I was like, come on. I was like, Angelo ra- might as well have a collar wrapped around your guys' neck, and you guys wouldn't say shit. Don't say bitches, Jeff. That's very derogatory towards women. Okay. I don't get... Uh, <laughs> we've, already, we've already established I'm a very sexist person. <laughs> I hate all women, all shapes and sizes. I just hate women. Obviously. Ugh, it's so annoying. Which is weird how you... Managed to pull off having seeming to have like you know like an intelligent girlfriend and everything. Oh, I know, <laughs> you, dude. You that's, just beat her into submission every night. <laughs> well, dude, that's that's why my girlfriend's so great is because she doesn't buy into any of that shit. 
Like and here's fir- my girlfriend. That's one of the things I love most about oh, dude. her. Like the first time, I a lot of times it's almost uncomfortable. Sometimes like a, someone will say something feminist, and she just like scoffs and rolls her eyes. And I'm like, well, yep. maybe she should be a little bit on their side. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'm always like, yeah, fuck yeah. But yeah, like the first time I heard the the term feminazi was from my girlfriend. Dude, you just blew my mind with that word. Oh, you've never heard that? Feminazi? Yeah, feminazi. That's that's like a pejorative for the for these radical feminists that don't make any sense. I like it. Yeah, dude, I love it. That's a great word, isn't it? I mean, if you guys can get away with mansplaining, I'm taking feminazi, all right? <laughs> well, I've actually, I've seen, a, since I heard her say it, I've seen a couple people online use it, and I was like, huh. yeah, that's a fucking great I like that. Term. I yeah, like that. Because at first I thought, I'd never heard it. I thought she came up with it, and I was like, you are so smart. Fuck yeah. I've seen, a, I've seen a couple other people say it, but that's a good one. But to be fair, I also don't like men's rights activists. <laughs> No. Or male feminists. Both of those are the type of men that just can't get laid. <laughs> right. How about this? I don't like anyone with a cause like that. If right. You, if you have a cause standing up for like one specific group, go fuck yourself. Feminist, whether, whether white activist, black activist, female activist, male activist, any type of group, fuck you. I don't care. Yeah. Groups are terrible. Group, group, that group mentality. Like it's, it, it's tribalism. That's what it all comes. That's, that's all. Yeah. That's what it is. And that's a problem. It's a virus in our thinking. Yeah, and like groups are okay if you would be like, okay, we all agree with this one thing, but other things too. But now it's turned into like, whoa, all of us in this group align on every single issue. And if you disagree with a few of them, you can't be in this group. <laughs> well, well, and see, here's, here's what I figured out. Um, like, I, did you see my, my back and forth with Sarah when, she, when, I was, when I was trying to argue that? On, I was basically arguing on social media where I, my statement was, dude, I was a, I don't yeah, because we, we were driving. And I, I just kept laughing. And Jessica's like, what are you reading? And I was like, I, I can't. She's like, why? I was like, it's, I'm, there's so many words. Like, you don't want me to read this all to you. You'd right. rather listen to music. Just let me over, sit over here and giggle. Right. And so I made a statement. I said, I don't judge. I don't respect anyone for simply being a part of a group. I respect individuals that live with integrity. And so this person, I get like, in, I think she must have thought I was talking about Black Lives Matter or something, which I wasn't. The reason I made that statement was actually because I had a post earlier in the day that could have been construed as an anti-cop post. So when people are like, oh, you need to respect all police officers, I respect nice, good... I respect the good cops. The good police officers. I don't respect all cops. But if you're a I've fu- had lots of interactions with cops, right. and a lot of them are dickheads. Dude, I've, I've had interactions with dickhead cops, and I don't respect them, and I'm not going to just because they're a police officer. No, you're a Johnson County police officer. There's no fucking crime here. You don't do shit but hand out speeding tickets. You're just Fuck bored you. and fucking with me. Right. Fuck you. I might treat them respectfully just because I don't want to oh, be fucked with anymore. Oh, 100%. Always yes, but I sir. I hate that person. Always yes, sir. You always pull out the military ID on accident when they ask for your driver's license. Well, that's a nice little classic move you get to do, but oh, yeah. I can't I, get away with oh, that Oh, I one. do that every time. Or like uh, my, my girlfriend got pulled over and she bought a new car, but she didn't have it. She didn't register the tags yet. Mm-hmm. And so the cop came up and he asked for my ID too. And she was, and I hand, I gave him my military ID. Smooth. And she was like, "Why did he get your ID? He never does that." And I was like, "Um, because he pulled up your license plates, to, and your license plates are registered to your old car." So he thinks and it's so a couple in a stolen car, maybe. Yeah, he thinks potentially we stole a car, so it just looks better to hand a military ID. Like, just look, just looks a, just helps you out a little bit. And that cop with his tiny pig brain will be like, "Oh, this guy didn't do it." <laughs> oh, dude. That I've gotten out of so many. I've gotten out of almost all my tickets because of that. Like I almost never get a ticket because I just always show my military ID. It's great. But see, and then again, that's the problem because I'm breaking the law. But because that cop thinks I'm part of a group, 
He's letting like, me like get away with yeah. breaking the law. That's a problem. Like, even though it's great, like, even if you're part of the military, you, you should still get a ticket if you break the law. Like, right. <laughs> like, you, you, you shouldn't get, like, a free pass. I don't know. I agree. I agree. But, okay, what well, were we talking about, that post? Yeah, the, it's, it's a problem to identify with groups. And so the mistake I made with her was I, I interchanged the, you, the words identify and define. So obviously, we all have characteristics on which other people would identify us as. Like, at you as a white person, that's okay f- for other people to know what you look like to say you're a white person. But it's when you start to define who you are as a white person instead right. of just a person. That is an issue. And so uh, there's benefits to, to uh, identifying as a group. There's a lot of benefits. You know, you feel great. You're inclusive. You, you feel closer to people. But whenever you bring a smaller group of people together, inherently, you're, you're pulling them further apart from the bigger group, from the bigger picture right, right. of humanity. And that's an issue. Yeah, it's, it's been a couple of weeks. Have we even talked about the Kaepernick stuff on here? Or did we talk about it last? Time? I don't remember Dude, how. I don't think so. I know it's kind of old yeah. news now, but uh, not yeah. really old news. It's still it's still gaining momentum around the around the league and whatnot. How do you feel about uh, how do you feel about what Trent Dilfer has been saying? Uh, I'm not familiar with what Trent Dilfer has been saying. There's been a him like him and Colin Kaepernick have been going back at each other personally. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, I someone shared a clip of Charles Woodson. That was a great clip. I saw that. Yeah. Dude, we should play that actually. Okay, yeah. I think it's like three minutes long, but it was just I'm. It was, like, I, it seemed like it was put perfectly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't find anything I disagree with about what he said. No, and he actually had a couple interesting points. And Trent Dilfer was on that set, I think. Yeah, it was Trent. It was what Trent Dilfer said was on that. Uh, it was that same show. Which the best, the best thing to watch, which was funny. Oh, where'd it go? I, I don't know. I actually did it at the Chiefs game. I, <laughs> I I put it on Facebook. I really did do it. I was in the stands during the national anthem, and even though it was nine eleven, I I knelt and I put my hand over my heart. Did I you? I did both. Oh, here I don't plug this. Oh, in. you got to plug it in. All right, here we go. I'm just looking at you know this being nine eleven and uh, watching some of the the players, current players, talk about nine eleven and where they were, you know, that day. I remember exactly where I was that day. I was at home. And remember, uh, you know, getting a phone call and somebody saying, turn on the TV, you know, the, the, somebody just flew a plane into, you know, the World Trade Center. And having, having been there, knowing how massive that building was, I'm thinking to myself, oh, you know, somebody probably th- flew a crop duster into, into that building. It's not going to affect it. You know, you turn the TV on and all of a sudden you see these planes, you know, flying into these buildings. And then all of a sudden these buildings, you know, collapsing. And... Then you find out what it was behind. And so now you're thinking, you're thinking in your mind, how could someone feel, how could, they, how could they wrap their minds around killing innocent people for really no reason other than how you think or how you live your life, right? And so then I correlate that to Colin Kaepernick and his issue with the flag um, in America and where we are right now. And I think his question is, how is it that black people can be treated a certain way because of how they look, the color of their skin, how dark it is or how dark it isn't? And so 
I understand his point. And to, to Randy's point, I get what he's saying. This justice for all. You know, if you asked me three weeks ago, you know, what's, what's, one, what's one of the things I'm going to miss about playing the game of football? And I, I would tell people that, man, standing up there on that sideline and singing that national anthem, the flag is up in the whole night, that was one of the great joys of my life, right? And so then what happens is when you have these protests, you start looking at different things. And then you go back and you, you look at the author of the national anthem, right? This guy, he had slaves. You know, you look at Francis Scott Key, he was a slave owner. So, Pause when, it for a second. so now, as I'm thinking about the national anthem. So when I was watching this the first time, my immediate reaction to that statement was, how the fuck did I learn that from Charles Woodson? <laughs> I'm... I figured that they all own slaves. Right, but so. the time frame or whatever. But <laughs> yeah, like, right. But, but, I mean, and not nothing. Uh, that's not a slight to Charles Woodson at all. It's, right. I was like, what? How is this not brought up but yet? <laughs> I, dude, but that is... I, I saw that, and that is an excellent point. It's an amazing, like, it's an amazing point. The person who wrote the lyrics, the Justice song that you're mad for at me all, of, did not did have not, me uh, in mind. Yeah, yeah did, did not, as, that's as what he's about to say after this. Right, did, yeah. He did not have me in mind when he wrote that song. Exactly. Dude, that's a great point. Sorry, go ahead. Did I hear that line for, for the you know, land of the free? He wasn't talking about me. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't talking about Randy. So when we talk about Colin Kaepernick and the stand that he's taking, he's saying, look, let there be justice for all of us, including me and Randy, including all of you on this set today. So I, I, I applaud, I actually applaud him for having the, the gall to stand up when he's no when he knew what kind of ridicule he was going to get when most people would not do it when he knew the backlash he was going to get I see every time I turn on the TV there's a con- there's a conversation about Colin Kaepernick and I think he he went into it I, he thought about it and he said you know what I'm going to do this during the game and, and another point Randy made is we, we talk about him protesting and, and being disrespectful he he didn't he didn't pull his he didn't pull his shoulder pads off and run around the stadium and go grab you know some prop Another and run point. around and be disruptive. Yep. He, Great he point. sat down in peaceful protest. And if I was somebody if I was if I was if I was in the military and I looked over there and I seen this young man protesting in peace, I would actually feel proud that as a military man woman that the freedoms that I go across these waters and fight for. That's it. Exercise right there with this young man sitting down and doing it peacefully. Where to look? It's interesting. I kind of want to. I kind of wish we knew what Trent Dilfer's response to that was because I, I didn't realize that he had been so anti Kaepernick. Dude, the best part about the Trent Dilfer video is Randy Moss is sitting right next to him and he has the meanest look on his face. And you could tell Trent Dilfer's trying not to look at Randy because every time he looks at him, Randy Moss just has the meanest look on his face. And it's awesome. That's funny. It's no, I actually, awesome. at that Chiefs game as well, uh, in the parking lot before the game, we met this couple. Okay. And uh, turned out they knew some of my family, you know, small town. Yeah. Whatever. And eventually this came up. And we had already, you know, we'd had a couple of drinks together just because we were tailgating next to each other. We were having a good time. Oh, and, you know, <laughs> we're Chiefs fans. So this guy, you know, he kind of probably has that assumption. Like, oh, yeah, isn't that a bunch of bullshit? You know, like, I'm obviously going to agree with him. I had a feeling that's where that was going. And I was like, uh, I, I mean, I just don't, yeah, I mean, I just don't get what the big deal is. I just don't, I just don't get it. He's like, yeah, I don't get it either. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't get, like, why people are mad about it. And he was like, what, what? <laughs> and 
<laughs> we, we had a very, very long conversation about it with, at times, elevated voices, but like not, never mad, mean or anything. We were drinking. We handed each yeah. other beers, like trying each other's beers and stuff. It was totally polite discourse the entire time. And eventually, uh, his girlfriend pulled out a Trump hat, and I just, which I just didn't, didn't respond Did, to. You know? yeah, yeah. We just kept going on, having a good conversation. At one point, he goes, well, you know, uh, what, I, what I will say is I do, I do like your passion about it. You know, I like that you're passionate. I like that people are getting involved. You know, it's, and it's good that we can sit here and have a beer and talk about it honestly and not like getting each other, you know. Right, right. And he goes, yeah. so I'm just glad that we could have a conversation like this. And I go, man, who's, who's, who's responsible for that? He's like, what do you mean? Like me and you. And I was like, no, but who started it? He's like, <laughs> he kind of looked at me like he didn't want to give it up. And I was like, Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> he just shook his head and was like, damn it. <laughs> Dude, that's funny. See, but that, that's great that people can have a conversation about it. Yeah. But did he have any, did he have any points where you were like, the only oh, good, good, the only good point? point that I thought he had, which I've heard a lot of people make is, okay, what does a conversation do? Because you're like, we're starting a conversation. We're starting a dialogue. And a lot of people, and I get the point, okay, what the fuck does a dialogue do? What a- well, see, this, this is where I disagree, and this is where I think that point is a little short-sighted. It could be. Because, right, for, for you and that guy to have a dialogue... Which we're not you, doing anything for the country. You're not no. doing anything for the country. You did something for yourselves right there, where you both, like, especially him, like, he probably, he probably went away... With a much more, with a much better understanding than he would have had you not had that conversation. But on a larger point, uh, I like a quote I heard from Sam Harris, and we were talking about him earlier, where he said, "As as, as a species, we are in a constant str- We're in a con- we have a constant decision. There's a struggle, and there's a constant decision we have between conversation and violence. Those are the only two options. Right. You either fig- you either talk out your problems." Or you kill each other. That's it. Those are the only two options. And so as long as people are having a discourse, that means people aren't killing each other. Right. And, and what, what is policy? What is law? They were all conversations, and the winner of that conversation, that became the law. That's what the whole justice system is, is a conversation, really. Right. Yeah, yeah, sure, there's certain etiquettes, and you do certain things, and you have to stand in a stupid room, and there's a jury of people, but they're all just... There's com- some weird etiquettes. I heard there's- an Anthony Weiner video the other day. Uh, oh, man. Fucking when, Anthony Weiner. When him uh, him on the floor, like, I will not yield, like, yelling back, yeah. like, no, fuck you, dude, I'm getting my point out, you guys are assholes. I saw that video, and then dude. I, and then I looked up a couple more Anthony Weiner videos, and I was like, man, it really sucks this guy's addicted to dick pics, because this guy... Dude, actually he's a, seems to have he's but then a, he's a, uh, then his wife and Hillary and that seems yeah. that kind of seems all weird but but he's a great politician in fact before the whole scandal came out people that knew him like behind the scenes were saying oh this guy's going to be the president one day right. like this guy has it I heard him on a uh, here's the thing Alec Baldwin's podcast okay to, I I didn't I never listened to that I downloaded it I only list I started to listen to one of those episodes but it was a live episode, and I don't. Oh yeah, that, I don't that like can see live, that being clunky. I don't like live but, uh, podcast. But his just regular, regular like one-on-one conversations are. I never thought Alec Baldwin was like so like smart and articulate and everything. You know, I just always saw him as an actor. But he's like really intelligent. Yeah, and he's had some pretty like the last his last episode was about uh, nuclear power. I think there was a okay like a nuclear physicist or whatever talking about yeah. safety or non-safety of nuclear power plants. I was like, this is Alec Baldwin's podcast. Okay, <laughs> I could listen to this. Yeah, well, you can you can tell by the way he talks that he's very articulate, right? Very, yeah, very like measured, just deeper than I thought, though. Yeah, 
I thought it was uh, actually the 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 little bit that I did listen to with his one podcast. I don't remember if his guest said it or he said it, but he went. They went whichever one it was was at acting school, and the the acting teacher told them to talk a certain way, and it's that kind of way of talking where people that aren't educated go, what, what you talking smart for? Kind of like what Hannibal Burr said to Sam Harris, where he was like, stop, <laughs> stop doing that smarty smart shit. Yeah, exactly. And so he went back, and all of his friends said that about the way he was talking. Like, why are you talking like that? That's not you, blah, blah, blah. And then so when he, he went back to school after the break, and he told his teacher that his friend said that to him, and his teacher's response was, well, you should get smarter friends then. <laughs> and I thought that was, I thought that was perfect. That's funny. I thought that was pretty funny. But going back, yeah, going back to the national anthem debate, th- th- that's a classic example of people not addressing the point. Where Colin Kaepernick says, this is why I'm doing it. Here, here is why I'm not standing for the national anthem. And then everyone goes, oh, but you hate the troops, you asshole, don't you? And he's like, no, I, I have family members that are police officers and troops. That has nothing to do with why I'm doing this. Oh, but you hate the troops, don't you? Yeah, and it's amazing, just like in the face of the Veterans for Kaepernick Twitter movement and in the face of him having actual friends that are police officers, right? people still are yeah. willingly ignorant enough to just be like, nope. Nope, yep. He hates the troops. He's an idiot. Right. He's an asshole. Oh, it's so bad. It is terrible. I just the, the the level that's how you see how how uneducated we are as a country like the, we get mad when the rest of the world makes fun of us for being uneducated morons but then just look at the way we have public discourse like when you have people with no critical thinking they skills. can't really call it discourse in most cases exactly like there's no critical thinking going on no one is creating logical arguments no one is even listening to the other side everyone is just yelling like, they're emotional. I like, was listening to uh, Dan Carlin and Joe Rogan today, and uh, they I were talking about they were talking about Hillary or whatever, and I had listened to Sam Harris the other day, and Sam Harris almost pulled me around to, okay, maybe I should vote for Hillary. But then I listened to Dan Carlin, and I'm like, no, I shouldn't. Like, they both make such intelligent points for, for like, why you shouldn't, why you shouldn't. Yeah. Even though, none, neither one of them like, him to be, like her, to be clear. Right. Well, but, uh, anyways, it got, oh, fuck, where was I going with this? Dan Carlin, Joe Rogan, they were talking about, oh, yeah, he's um, Washerman Schultz. How, like, she just basically, the email leak came out, then she resigned, then she was working for Clinton's campaign. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he yeah, made some the, comment, the, like, but the, but the 5% chair. of people that know that. And I was like, whoa, 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 that can't be true. Like, you only 5% of people know that the person that was, that was responsible for... Pro- pro- most people don't know that. God, I was like, that, that's insane to me. Well, think about it. Think, like, I'm always amazed. So I don't, I, I'm not constantly working all day, every day. Like, my, my life's pretty lax for the listeners. You have more to time understand. to read things. So I, I am, con- like, all day, every day, I am constantly looking up information. Like, I'm constantly trying to just get Yeah, I definitely don't have that can, luxury, which is why right. I listen to so many podcasts, because we'll... Right, yeah, and that's one Try of the things Try to get me this I information. Do. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm constantly looking things up, and I'm constantly hearing things and seeing things, and I miss a bunch of stuff. Right. I miss a bunch of stuff. And then, so then you have to think about, okay, so what about people? Well, it's people, impossible not to. Right. There's so, so much going on. Exactly. But then you think, think about people who work 40, 50, 60, 70, mm-hmm. 80 hours a week, and then those may, probably those people have a family. So then their free time, they're going grocery shopping, they're making yeah. dinner, they're spending time with their family. They don't have time. 
to look up all this shit. Yeah. And I used to be one of those people, like when I was younger, that didn't know shit about shit, but I would still like stand on one side of something, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's something I had to get over and be like, no, you got to look at like, but like, it's like with anything else. Like when you used to be a part of something and do it, you recognize it so much more easily than other people. So like, oh, you I, mean I, like if you if you like if you if you were part of a group and then you leave, like right? It's easy for right. you to see the tricks that group is doing. Like when you see someone in their car with a baddie, like I know you're smoking weed, but they're like looking around all paranoid. Yeah, like, yeah. No one knows you're smoking weed except for these other weed smokers. Exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you used to be a part of that, like it's so easy to recognize. Like, no, I know what you're doing right now. I know about what you're saying and how you're saying it. I know by your inflection in your voice. I know that you're just standing on this and saying it loudly because you don't actually know. And so that's your way to get your point across. So just be louder about it. Yep. Like, I know what you're doing. Stop it. Right. And then they keep doing it. <laughs> it's so fucking frustrating. That, it, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I formed almost all my opinions on things because I've always kind of seen myself as like an outsider wherever I am. Like most... When I was really little and I, through elementary school and I lived in Maryland, that was a very liberal place and super racially diverse. But since then, I'm in sixth grade, I moved to northern Florida, white conservative people. Then after that, I moved to Kansas, white conservative people. Yeah. So it's like most of my adolescence and growing up into adulthood, I was surrounded by people that didn't really look or think like me. Yeah. And then like I grew up religious. I'm not religious any longer, but I grew up very religious. So I I always felt like I have like a, that insight. Yeah, the, the weird. way things work. It's weird. Like my my parents, my dad always lived in South Johnson County, and my mom always lived in North Johnson <laughs> County, and just the difference within the county. Oh yeah, which I was always I'm incredibly grateful for that. Like I had so much more exposure to things, which I think is what a lot of I think a, a lot of isms, racism, whatever comes from people just not being exposed. Yep. Like it's, it's not. Just it's not. It's not usually inherently evil. It's just ignorance, right? Well, and you. The number one sign of ignorance is when you say someone's ignorant, and then they get mad and go, Are "You saying I'm a fucking idiot?" And he goes, "Well, not what you the word ju- means. You just, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you kind of just can see at like, that point. It's like the, the the irony in what you just said. Like, oh god, <laughs> that's the best. Oh, you calling me an idiot? No, but you just called yourself an idiot, yeah, yeah, sir. Kind of did it on your own. Oh, that's funny. Oh, the, when I was in high school, so here in DeSoto, it's it's still Johnson County, but it's right far. Re- we don't have any of the Johnson County amenities. It might as well be its own thing. Right. But there was a group of girls. Like, so uh, the schools we played in sports, we were the only school in Johnson County. All the other schools were outside of Johnson County, other smaller towns. And so the gr- girls at our high school made hoodies for the football games Saying like Johnson County, like bragging about how they were quote Johnson County girls, Ugh. but it was like <laughs> the rest of Johnson County is ashamed of you, <laughs> like <laughs> like no one. But the funny thing is, they didn't know that all the like all the real Johnson County schools, like the Blue Valleys and the Shawnee Missions, they didn't even know that was Johnson County. They thought they didn't think we were. Not only did they think we were the only school like that we played in Johnson. They thought we were the. They thought we were Johnson County. Right. And I was like, Oh God, you guys are so fucking stupid. Like, how dumb could you have to be? Yeah, dude, my uh, because we used to in middle school and high school, early high school, a lot of times we would go to my house because my mom worked multiple jobs. She worked nights as a bartender. Which means she worked almost every Friday and Saturday night. Yeah. Which meant she was at the bar till two. Plus, she was an alcoholic. She was probably going to close down and drink with a couple of her buddies. 
She's nope. usually getting home between three and four. Which means you guys get to do hood rat shit at your mom's house. Right. So all the sleepovers were at my mom's house, even though my dad is the one that lived close to all my friends because that's where, whose address I went to school from. Okay. And my friends, they were going to Shantyville tonight. They yeah. would call it Shantyville. Yeah. The land of duplexes, you know? Like, yep. like this is how, like, fucking privileged these people are. That Like, they see a duplex and, like, oh, my God, I can't believe those houses are attached. Like, oh, dude, that's... Like, this is nothing. <laughs> that's exactly how the neighborhood was I lived in in Florida. But I'm grateful for that experience. Right. Because I could have ended up being one of those shitheads. Right. Even though the funny part is my mom, who lived in the, you know, the area they call Chantyville, is the one who, if you listen to her, has, like, the, the rich white conservative, like, views, like, all the tropey views, even though she's never been a rich white conservative. <laughs> oh, man. That, that's, what drives me, that's what drives me nuts about Trump. Like, the Trump, the, like, the poor Trump supporters, the poor working class people that are, like, Trump speaks for us. When no. really, he does what? not no. at all. How? Not at all. How do you see that? How do you see a guy who grew up with in New York in the most privileged life imaginable? Like, Trump is literally the poster for white privilege. But then these working class white people who've had to struggle and grind their whole life to barely make a living go, oh, he speaks for us. Yeah. God, how dumb do you have to be? How fuck? Well, it's not really just Trump. It's just Republicans in general. The Republicans are our party. Really? You mean the people that don't want to fund shit? The people mm-hmm. that don't care about if your kids go to school or not? Like, that's the people, that, those are the people that speak for you? Yeah, I remember uh, we got into it, me and uh, Patrick Ryan, well, we were on the same side. <laughs> we got into it with uh, a couple of people, staff members at Stanford's. Just, okay. It turned into political talk one night. And, you know. Oh, dude, I don't want to have a political discussion with anyone that works there, to be clear. <laughs> like, I. And so they were kind of pro-Trump, and we were like, well, and we were like not, well, I wasn't really ever like super pro-Sanders, but I was like, I mean, if I'm going to vote between those two, I'm definitely voting Sanders. Right. But uh, this girl that used to work there, I don't know if she works there still or not, but she was hopping on the, no, like I work for a living, no free handouts, I'm not just going to give everything free kind of thing. Oh, that's such a cop-out. But then, later in the conversation... It came up and it admitted that she was on like state health care or whatever. Oh God! And so Pat's like, "Wait, what?" And she's like, "Well, yeah, well, I'm just doing it right now, like to get me by until like I have enough money to do it on my own." He's like, "That's the antithesis of your fucking point." Like, right? You're, and he like he went off on it to the point where like she was crying and it got like she was crying. <laughs> well, yeah, because it sparked him. Like, it's like, what are you talking about? You know, like, dude, that yeah, that's the worst. Ugh. And then, like, it's a combination of she's being attacked, which she doesn't like, and also, oh, shit, I'm so wrong, <laughs> but I can't handle being wrong right now. So, yeah, she just broke down, and, like, he went to apologize to her and everything and, like, try to give her a hug bye, and she wouldn't take it. It was... Oh, dude, that's It got great. pretty, yeah. Does this person still work there? I can't remember if she does or not. I think so. Huh. But it was her and Curry. Curry. The bartender on the main stage. Okay. But I fucking love Curry. He's Curry's my dude. Is, is that Kevin? Jeff. Jeff Curry. Jeff Curry. Oh, oh, old gu- older guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's real cool. He's the shit. I, I like that guy. Oh, oh, but he was a pro-Trump guy? Yeah. Uh, but he was doing that thing, like, he get being like, like, no, I'm tired. No, I don't want to do all this. I was like, listen, I'm not a Bernie supporter. That's not, that's not the argument I'm coming from. Like, but that, it happens so much. Like, it's, you, you, you disagree on one point with somebody, and then they immediately put you in that box. Yep, yep. Like, I had, a, like, an anti-$15 minimum wage uh, post one time. 
Yeah, I mean, we've disagreed about that. And then <laughs> one of the comments is like, that's the thing about these Republicans. And I was like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> like, I'm not a Republican. I'm not anything close to a Republican. On that particular issue, I don't think immediately jumping to $15 minimum wage is a great idea. I don't. And it made me feel good the other day that Sam Harris was like, I don't actually think the empirical evidence says that nothing bad has ever happened from raising the minimum wage. And I was like, yes, Sam Harris. What did he, he say? He was, uh. he said that, because uh, like, I've heard a lot of people make the point that like, and I've heard you make it before, that nothing bad has ever come yeah. of raising the minimum wage. And then he, but he didn't really get into it deeply, but he just said, but I, he said, I would argue that actually the empirical evidence shows that that is not true at all. But then, like, he didn't get... So I don't know if he's going into another episode or whatever. I was like, oh, come on, Sam. Go huh. deeper. Give me some more stuff. Yeah, well, because Give me I, some firepower. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I wrote a paper on it in one of my economics classes a couple years ago. Because the data does... Now, here, here's where people, people will argue um, that there's not a benefit is... It's just a slight increase to the GDP. So, like, it does... The economy goes up a tad... But not really by that much. Like nothing that's going to make a difference to anyone in the grand scheme of things, as far as the economy as a, as a whole. Now, the detriment you always hear is small businesses, right? People that can't afford, right, to pay employees. But see, here's here's my thing. It's always it's usually it's usually people on the right who make that point, the small business point. But those are the same people that argue against entitlements. You know, like welfare and healthcare and food stamps, that we don't need that. Fuck that. Blah blah blah. Right. But then, no, no, you don't have a constitutional in right to own a small business. That's true. And so those people are acting like a small is a business is an entitlement. They're acting like they're entitled to own their own small business. No, most people can't own their own small business because they don't have an idea that's profitable enough. So it's always interesting to me that people crying about the small business, yeah, $15. But that's an entitlement. You're, you're saying those people are entitled to own a business, even though it's not profitable enough to pay people. Yeah. What? It's true. <laughs> We've gotten into this before. But I'll, so I'll just say that my views on this are, are mostly kind of like the libertarian mindset when it comes to this particular topic. Like I, I'm more on the fate. Like I think the market sets the minimum wage if you let it. And that makes a lot more sense to me. Yeah, I also think that it just does. That's just human nature. First of all, you can't trust corporations to not pass on the money. They're gonna well, pass on the money. Well, that's see, that's my point for having a minimum wage. Is human nature is people are gonna be greedy as fuck if right. you allow them to be greedy as fuck. But also, human nature. It's kind of like the uh, just. So say that like I'm making fourteen, and this person's making ten. And then the minimum wage goes to 15. And so the company pays us both 15. And now we're both making 15. But the company decides... But you're still making more than you were before. But but the company decides that they're not going to prorate it. They're not going to give me that, you know, 40% more than I'm making than him. They're not going to pay me 40% more than the minimum wage. Right. They're going to pay us both the same. But you're still... But if you're making 14... Yes, I am still making 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 more more money. money. That that is true. I am still making more money. But in that instance... Human nature is going to make that person who's now making the same amount of money as someone because they've earned it. They've earned make, being a 40% better worker. They've worked by this, with this person side by side. Why the fuck would you try to separate yourself anymore? Sure. That's human that, nature, which leads to a lack, which down in production. 
I just think think it represents an inherent problem of like production's going to go down. Just like it's kind of like the whole company, but then that company can fix it by then. If, if they did a study and showed that that is what happened, that they were less productive because the people that were making more are no longer making more. Then if it was actually, if it was doing enough, if it was slowing production and down enough, that was actually hurting profit. Then I think they'd probably raise your guys' wages in my experience, the company would be like, well, screw all these people that are mad. We're just going to hire all new people at $15 an hour and start and fresh. Well, I mean, and that's their decision as that a company, That is their decision. But, but then, that, then, then they got to do more training, and just it starts a whole cycle of madness which is in why, my mind. Which is why it'd be easier if they just paid you more. But again, they don't, they're not, mo- like, especially giant companies. And I, w- I do want people to make more money, and I believe a lot more in trickle-up economics than I do in trickle-down economics. Oh, dude, trickle-down economics is a joke. Right. I just don't think the minimum wage is the way to go on it. I just I just think if you're going to expect people to work 40 hours a week, you have to pay them a living wage. And I don't that might not be $15 an hour in some places. Like I'm sure here where we live in Kansas, I'm sure you could make you could make an argument for a, a lower minimum wage. But to me, if you're going to if you're going to if you expect someone to work full time for your company, because basically what a job, if you, when you spend your whole life working for a job, what you're basically saying is, I'm going to give up my pursuits as an individual to better this company. I'm giving up all my free time for you, for your vision, for your product, for your shit. And if, I, and if, you're, if you're expecting someone to do that, right. they need to be able to live off whatever that is. Right, but then that kind of eliminates the competition for employment. Because, well, now everybody's paying $15 an hour. Why should I work here well, over then, there? Yeah, versus... then people are going to work places they want to work, which means they're happier, which means they're going to work harder and enjoy what they're doing because they're working where they want instead of just some piece of shit job they don't like. I don't think that's how it's going to play out, though. <laughs> I think it can. Versus if uh, there's two companies and one's paying 10 and one's paying 12 yeah, you're going to go work for the $12 company, right? Yeah, right. But if both those com- companies are paying $15 an hour... Then you're going to go to the one you want to work for more. But those jobs are going to get taken up a lot quicker. Yeah, I, I like, mean, you still have to be like, qualified. Even like, I know it's very anecdotal, but like, if you go to Home Depot. Yeah. And there's illegal immigrants outside waiting for people to pick them up for a day job at work, right? Okay. You can't go up there and Let's offer. Let's not assume they're illegal, you fucking racist. They Shut could be up. illegal. <laughs> you can't go up there and be like, $40 for the day. Let's go. No one's getting in your truck. Okay. They need a certain amount of money, and none of them are going to work for less than that. Okay. And so no matter how much you offer this amount, you have to get to this threshold before they go, okay, that's worth my day. That feeds my family. And I think it's just a lot better when you let the market set that. And people say, no, we're not going to work for that wage. But see, Versus when you let everybody set a minimum wage, and they're like, oh, well, that minimum wage is fair. I guess I'll go work for that wage. That's a fair wage. Oh, okay. It kind of eliminates the fight for me. Okay, but who wants to live the life of an illegal immigrant living in this country? Like, who is what? What life is that preferable? It was very, like I said, this is <laughs> anecdotal. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Is like, yeah, that's the same argument as people that say, uh, the like the sweatshop factories in like in China and other Asian countries that those are acceptable because it goes well. They're making more money than they were before. It's like, right? But if you wouldn't work for that yourself, or you wouldn't allow people in your country to work for that. 
what does that say? Like the it's clear, right there. You know that's not okay, or it's not it's not preferable. And then yeah, and plus just on a hard headed level, I don't care what data you show me. Just on a hard headed level, and I, I just you can't make me not believe this. For the same reason that when plasma TVs first came out, they were ten thousand dollars, and now they're five hundred. Yeah, a company will always pass on their cost to the consumer a hundred percent of the time. There's very few companies like Ting, the cell phone company. It's like, yo, we're doing really good. We're cutting all of our rates. They just cut their data rates last month. That doesn't happen in 99.9999% of companies. They will always find a way to pass it on. And so if you jack up all these wages at, at an extreme rate, that's going to jack up prices. We're all going to pay for it. Yeah, I would have to see there. I would have to see the data of what happened in previous raises of the minimum wage. So yes. for me, I would have to have the data show. See, for me, again, it all comes down to cost of living, right? And so it went because what people are when when people argue that what they're saying is, well, if you raise the minimum wage, everyone's going to raise the cost. So then, what's going to happen is people are in the exact same spot. That's what you're arguing because you're arguing that your cost of living is going to go up. Therefore, you're really not making any more money. Could be in a better same spot, See, or some people could end up in a worse spot. See, but I would have to, I would have to see like for that I would have to see the data. And I understand that, but you don't have to show me any data. I've I've worked at enough companies. I've I've read enough articles about how companies use their funds. Sure, like, sure. I, I'm no, I'm not saying that part is wrong. But what I'm saying is that doesn't mean it directly translate to the cost of living for that individual. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean that. Right. But it and could. That. Potentially, you're right. Potentially, it could. I haven't looked that up. I probably will look that up now. <laughs> but see, that that's the thing is, yeah, they that company might raise their costs, but if that person who works at that company still has a higher, has, is closer to the mm-hmm. life that he wants to live and has more expenses for the life he wants to live, it's still to me, it's still a positive. But like, but also, I don't think this as someone who works forty hours a week flipping burgers versus someone who works forty hours a week operating like, you know, dangerous machinery should be subject to the same minimum wage. That makes no sense to me. Yeah. Well, again, I just think you have to base it on what the cost of living in the area is. I understand that argument. All I right. want people to be taken care of. I right. just don't know if I just I don't think that's the way. See, that's see the problem. See. Like when I'm talking, like for a lot of things, like the minimum wage, it's like I'm really making a moral argument, right? More than I'm making a numbers argument because I'm not an economist. I don't know how the numbers play I'm out certainly exactly. Not an economist, right? But I think I, I I I think the moral side. I think it says something, and so it's greed is one of the seven deadly sins, right? Correct. Greed is considered one of the worst. And we ain't doing anything about greed. <laughs> it ain't and, going away. And the re- and see, it all comes down to the reason companies don't want there to be a minimum wage is because they want more money from themselves. That's greed. Right. Our country operates off greed. Absolutely. That's that is that that is the problem. So again, the problem isn't like people like to nitpick and this is the problem. That's yeah. the problem. They take these like external things, but no, it's that mind it's it's greed. It all it, it's all on the inside. Like when people say it's on the inside, not the outside. Like all these external problems going on. Well, this is happening. Well, that's happening. Well, this is our situation. It all comes from people's thought process, from their mindset, from their character. 
And that's what they take out into the world. And so look at the character of people owning companies, man. They're all greedy assholes. A lot of them, Except yeah. for, like, maybe Warren Buffett. Yeah. Everyone except Warren Buffett's a piece Bill of Gates. shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Bill Gates gives a shit ton of money to that, to charity, but... That's, like, what they do now. They're just, like... <laughs> yeah, they're just, they're just charity, charity people. people now. Right, so... Okay, so... Richard Branson, Elon Musk. There's some good ones out there. Right, but the fact that you can only list four... Yes. ...out of the millions of companies around the world... But I can't really name a bunch of other CEOs. <laughs> But it's because they don't do anything. It's because right, they, they don't, don't do anything, anything good that for, I want to hear about. Exactly. Because so. if they did something good, you would hear about it. Yeah. I just think it's it's just a much more difficult problem than most people think. And I think it's kind of a short-sighted fix to be like, well, let's just raise the minimum wage. Especially when there are jobs like hairdressing. And I, I can't name a bunch of other off the top of my head. But like a lot of those people, not like great clips or whatever, but a lot of those people at like nice salons, they are renting that space. They don't yep. actually get paid same by the with, company. Same with personal training, yeah. Okay, so... Like, that's that's technically what I do. I'm renting space at a gym, and then I just make money off the clients, but I'm not working for the gym. But that should be the case in some situations. Like, if someone has built this amazing brand name of a, of a salon, and now you're going to go work there, that's a privilege that you're getting to work there and you're going to make better money and better tips. And I, I think it's okay for you to have to pay that person instead of them having to pay you a minimum wage. I mean, it's, it's a, that should be legal, right? People should be able to do that. It's not depending on the location. Like there's a bunch of variables that depend on whether or not it's, yeah, it's beneficial for you. And then like, what do you do about the restaurant industry? The fuck do you do about that? Dude, I don't, I don't have a problem with people making minimum wage and tips. I don't know why that's an issue. Like, because it's always an argue, like, if but, you make commission... restaurants op- operate on a razor-thin margin. Okay. And that, that's, that... Well, so right now, even if you raise the minimum wage, that doesn't affect them, because they don't have to... They don't get paid minimum wage, because they make tips. They make less. Right, but are you going to have to pay them the minimum wage, and then they still get their tips? Do you have to go from paying them four twenty-five or whatever an hour to $15 an hour? Well, no, but I, it has to be, so with those kind of jobs, I worked a retail job where I didn't get paid the minimum wage because you can make commission. So, so did you work on like a draw? So it was it was less. So with the with the laws, I don't remember the exact percentage, but the minimum wage is different. So you have to, you make a certain percentage of the minimum wage. So for that retail job, since I made a certain amount of, depending on the percentage of commission you make, depends on what percentage of the minimum wage that company has to pay you. So my minimum wage was like four ninety five or something, and the, the the regular minimum wage was six twenty five, and my my adjusted minimum wage was four ninety five. Right, but like if you so why wouldn't you would just keep that per, the, that percentage? You would just keep that when you raise the minimum wage, and you just keep the percentages. Maybe, like that. But then you got to raise your prices. Maybe. Well, that, Maybe. if one's going up and you're keeping the percentage, the other one's got to go up too. I mean, that's <laughs> that's just kind of how math works. Yeah, well, there's yeah, there's there's a rule that I like. It's in a there's certain European countries. I don't remember which European country has this rule, but the CEO of the company yeah. can set the price, can set his salary to whatever he wants. But he can't make more than two hundred times anyone else. It's four. I think it was four hundred. I think the times. lowest paid employee he can't make any more than the low than four hundred percent of the lowest paid employee. 400% is a lot. Like, and that means... That's probably a lot better rule to tackle minimum wage. <laughs> I, think, I think that's more important than the minimum wage. I think that law... That's that what I'm saying. That's right probably there. a better way to raise the minimum wage right there. That is going, a better way. Yeah. 
Because then, because then it, it all, because then that forces you. And to be to clear, set, I would make more money if the minimum wage were the fifteen dollars an hour. <laughs> that would raise my paycheck. <laughs> that would raise a, one of my paychecks. Yeah. But. So on that level, I'm all for making more money. Right. I just don't think it's the right fix. Right. Yeah, and there's certain logistical arguments that people have made for that. I'm just always, I'm pro helping You're pro people. people. I'm pro people. That's right. <laughs> That's it. Well, because if you think about what a, what a country or a, like what a government is, it's, it's a conglomeration of people. Mm-hmm. And so the government, the, the, the rulers over like the people in charge of this conglomeration of people, you, your goal should make people the healthiest, like what makes people, quote, happy or what, what makes people have a good life is when they're healthy and they're educated so they can make the right decisions, right? Health and education are the most, and protection, right? Three, so security. Security, health, education, those are the three most important things, and that should be the only three things the government does. I'd be okay with that. Because with the government, like, that, that right there, you want to help people. Because the healthier and more educated the people in your society are, the better your society is going to operate. Just like what Joe Rogan always says, less shitheads or whatever. He says something like that. Less assholes. We need less assholes. Yes, we do. The less assholes, the less uneducated fucktards running around there are, the better everyone's going to be. I agree with that. And so I make all my political decisions based off that right there. That's why I was pro, like with Bernie Sanders, with the the free health care. Everyone's like, it's not really free. All right, we understand it's not actually free and that the tax dollars pay for it. And if you listen to his platform, he clearly stated that. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, but that's, that's what taxes should be going to. Like, the government's job should be to educate, keep people healthy, make sure no one's killing people. Man, so uh, we're going to switch into politics. Uh, Hillary Clinton. Just passing out and shit. I mean, there, there was a very wide margin in the polls not too long ago, and it seems to be shrinking pretty rapidly. I, actually, I haven't looked in the polls the last two weeks. I, let's, let's look at these numbers. It's a, well, based off podcasts that I've been listening to, it, I haven't actually read any of the polls myself, but supposedly it's gotten a lot closer, so and Trump is gaining ground. When... A couple weeks ago, the last time I looked, I think Hillary was 48 and Trump was like 35 because Hillary was up 13 points, I thought. Current polls for president. I think it was down to 10. I thought I heard it was down to 6. Um. Whoa, is this the general election? Oh, the LA Times has Clinton 45, Trump 44. Dude, yeah, like from all Man. the, he- I mean, just throughout the week of like seeing brief flashes of stuff, and you know, like just like your headline browsing or whatever, the stuff you don't actually get to click on. A lot of stuff seems to be like Hillary rapidly falling in polls. Actually, no, actually, that was okay. That was, I didn't Trump I didn't, rising more than I didn't click on that link. I just looked at I just looked at the numbers inside. That was wrong. So I clicked on it as of Friday, as of today. Trump forty seven. Clinton 41. Holy shit. Let's see. Yeah, that was That's yeah, that was Friday the 16th and that was the LA combination t- of health concerns and yet another email scandal. Fox News has Clinton Have you have you read the Colin Powell emails at all? Dude, I heard <laughs> Dude, 
I didn't read them, but I heard people <laughs> talking about them, and that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I've only heard excerpts. I haven't read them myself, but oh, it's dude. so good. Actually, yeah, let's read you those. pull those up. Oh, my God. Let's read those. I've only heard, like, just a couple excerpts, and I was laughing so hard. Like, there's got to be more, right? There's got to be more just fucking gold in there. All right. Play some background music while Jeff looks up his article. Downtown. (laughs) Dude, I have the song stuck in my head so bad. You gonna go see Snowden? I want to see quotes. No, I don't give a shit. (laughs) Cause I don't. I don't care about movies like that. It's like I know the ending already. I don't care. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just interested in how they portray it. Yeah, I'm pro. Like I'm on Snowden's side. I just don't give a fuck about this movie. All right, I just want. I just want a list of the quotes of what he said. Yeah, that'd be nice. Let's go ahead and list out Colin Powell quote. All I want is a list of the quotes. That's all I want. One of the ones I heard was him talking about Bill just jamming his, but he's got a husband at home who's still like fucking other chicks or whatever. Yeah. I think he said bimbos. Yeah. Yeah, bimbos. He calls Trump a national disgrace and an international pariah who has led to a racist birther movement. That's another interesting thing. Uh, Everything she touches, she kind of screws up with hubris. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so Trump finally admitted that Barack Obama was born in the U.S. Yeah, I saw that. God. And then just moved on from that. <laughs> he just gets to move on from things. We just let him move on. So here, let's see. Yeah, Bill Clinton's still a dick sl- uh Colin Powell. Bill Clinton still dicking still bimbos. Dicking bimbos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's great. Dicking bimbos. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I would rather I, love it. I would rather not have to vote for her. Although she is a friend I respect. Uh oh, that's the end of the quote for, at least from damn it. Just make a longer quote, stupid websites. Uh, a forty, a seventy, a seventy-year person with a long track record, unbridled ambition, greedy, not transformational, with a husband still dicking bimbos at home. I oh, love that man. line so much. That is great. That you know is Bill still fuck, slinging that dick. That's fucking great. Yeah, dude. Do, do, do you think? Do you think they still have sex? No way. Yeah, I think that ended a long time ago. No way. I I would guess it's been like since before he was president. Uh, I don't know if it's been that long, but I would guess in the last decade they have. But there's been there like there's been reports of him basically like from today's feminist standards, like definitely raping people. Oh yeah, total rapist. Yeah, and total so, rapist by today's standards. So like, couldn't you see Bill just like? Coming home one night and just like That's what right, I was gonna say maybe, maybe he came home drunk and there just wasn't another hole for him to find that night. So he just he was just like, "We're doing this tonight." Yeah. Oh, like you said before, at least till, so. Maybe ninety three was the last time when they uh, made it illegal to rape your spouse. Right. <laughs> right. I have not had sex with Hillary since nineteen ninety three. Oh, when they made it illegal. Oh, to did rape you see? Your uh, did you see Mark Cuban on Twitter offer uh, offer Donald Trump? 
$10 million to do a four-hour interview where they would talk about nothing but policy and procedure. Oh, I'm sure uh, he was immediately declined on that, huh? Trump never responded. Of course. Why would he? But he, he's on Twitter all day, so you know he saw it. It's from Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban said, he's, I will sign you a check for $10 million. And at first he said, you can give it a, a $10 million check to your favorite charity. And then he goes, wait, I'll make it even better. I will write you a $10 million check, and you don't have to give it to anyone. So it's pretty. Dude, I would, if, if Mark Cuban, I know he has the money, but if he had like a GoFundMe to pay for that, interview i would contribute oh i wouldn't (laughs) (laughs) i don't even i'd throw in five bucks yeah as it is i feel bad like podcasts i like where i know where the person's not financially very well off yeah and they're like just send us a dollar rate us on itunes like i don't have itunes sorry bro i always feel bad like i always want to go do that stuff i just forget yeah it's like man i'm but i try to do my part by sharing the podcast every once in a while if there's a good episode or whatever yeah i just i try to tell people about good ones like the sam harris I, I really like sam harris's podcast he has a ton of good guests on yeah I, yeah i've been telling a lot of people about sam harris's podcast and i i didn't uh i didn't even know for a while that dan carlin had another podcast besides hardcore the common history sense. common I like sense that. is amazing yeah I've been, I've been listening to that for a few years now really yeah i was like man i wish i was listening to this for a while but i've only probably listened to the last two dude look get high and listen to the one where he talks about mind control okay it came out, uh, it had to... As you try to put me into a certain state of mind to listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the irony, Jeff. I think it was last winter, because I remember it being cold outside. But he talks about, like, the I'm potential... Sure I can just Google Mind yeah. Control Dan Carlin. Yeah. If you, oh, I'm sure you could tell by, like, the title of the episode or something if you look it up. But it was super fascinating. Because ba- he, he, he went to, like, this dinner thing mm-hmm. with a whole bunch of, like top military officials and he was invited to this dinner and he said he was talking he was talking to them and someone said something like kind of infer like someone in the know told him something inferring that the government was still working on like mind control stuff so then in a very like so from the beginning here's a disclaimer he's like now at least 50% of the people that listen to this are going to think that I'm a crazy person who has lost my mind but I'm telling you, I got this information from someone in the know, and he, but then and then he goes on and he he explains like in the most rational way possible, like in the most non-conspiratorial way possible, about how the government's still trying to work on mind control, and then he brings up all the crazy stuff the CIA was doing like back in the '60s and the '70s. Oh yeah, I totally believe it. I mean, the whole and, system is kind of right, like, and active he, form of mind control. And Grow it's up, funny. Go to I, school, yeah. get a job, become a productive member of society well, for forty how, years. Right. Well, that's how they to shitty music. That's how rot the, away under your fluorescent lights. Yep. Like, that, well, that's how the public education system was formed was to get people used to the workforce. Oh, dude. Yeah. The oh, I I watched that documentary. How big that you told me to watch? How big oil took over the world, dude. Oh my god, <laughs> dude. You just watch. Don't you watch that and go, what the fuck? I watched that and was just like, I hope this is just some crazy person with, that's a conspiracy theorist. That's what, that's what I hope. The bad... The <laughs> but there's, sign, so much, there's so much stuff. Right. Well, and I'm sure there's a couple things that are misrepresented. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a couple. And the thing I didn't like... And it, that's part of the problem with this like whole trend now of documentaries is there's so many being made. Dude, you, just like, you need to you watch... You know some of them are bullshit. Dude, you need to watch Holy Hell. It's on Netflix. Holy Hell. 
Yeah, I pay. I fucking paid for it on iTunes before I knew it was on Netflix. It came out on Netflix like the day after I paid for it. I think I heard someone talking about this the other day. It's What's a. It about? It's about a cult. Yeah, that was that, was, yeah, that and, started in and Los the guy Angeles, left it, right? Yeah, and As a so former cult member. So the whole documentary. I, I almost started watching it, but I started watching uh, one yeah. on drugs instead. Okay, the guy who made it was a member of the cult. He was a film. He was a film major in college, and mm-hmm. he wanted to be a director. That was his dream. Then he got involved with this cult, and so what he did was he. The cult was active from like 1985 to 2006 is when it finally broke up. But the crazy thing is that guy's still a cult leader in Hawaii. He moved to Hawaii and got new followers. Started a new cult? Yeah, but it's basically the cult of him. But yeah, so the whole documentary is this guy who's a film major. He's filming all their stuff. So the only people they interview, he's the narrator, Mm -hmm. and the people they interview are people in the cult. And then they have a shit ton of original, like, straight original footage from them all being part of this hippie style cult that's funny dude it's so crazy and it's so like it gets you kind of it's it's really emotional because like you hear these people talking about it and so they set it up to where they're talking about the good times like in the interview and like Mm -hmm. the the emotion and they're so happy and, and then just to see like in their interviews as it goes on as they like break down and like, oh, dude, it's great. I've already watched it twice. Really? It's great. It's fucking great. Yeah, I watched that one, uh, Tales of the Grim Sleeper one you're talking about. I watched that twice. Dude, I watched that one at least twice. I might have watched it three times. I've, I've been telling some other people about it. Like, you have to watch this. It's so insane. Dude, that's why when, like, like when people will argue about how the cops don't treat white society and black society differently, mm-hmm. I'm like, no. Watch this documentary. Watch this documentary. There was nine women dead well, in the of, same neighborhood before the cops told anyone. Speaking of getting high and watching documentaries, do you have the first part of that equation? Do you have uh, anything to facilitate that? <laughs> <laughs> um, ooh, I'm almost out. Yeah, me too. Me too. That's all right. I have to get more. I think I'm getting more tomorrow. Are you? Allegedly. 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 Yeah, I might have to allegedly get more this week as well. Right on. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm intrigued now. We should end on something uh, fun. Something fun? Had you, oh, ha. Did you hear, okay, do you remember, I think Bob brought it up when he was still on the show and one of his, like, funny three things. Okay. When that uh, company did, like, that naming contest for some boat. They were yeah, putting, yeah. And they ended up getting named Bodie McBoatface. yeah. And so, like, there's been, like, a trend of people doing that with all sorts of other things. And, like, I've seen, like, a Teamy McTeam face, like, fantasy football name. Okay. And that's... <laughs> so, there was a, a zoo in China. And apparently, from what I read, this wasn't an actual thing. It was just a social media thing where they had a naming contest for this new baby gorilla that was being born in the zoo. <laughs> but the zoo didn't actually put it on. It was just like a social media thing. And then the winner was Harambe, Harambe McHarambe face. <laughs> <laughs> and a bunch of people getting, been getting all pissed off at this zoo. Like talking about how insensitive that is. And they're like, we didn't even have this. This has nothing to do with us. This is just a bunch of jackasses Dude, online. That's funny. Dude, did you ever see, did you see that 9-11 mattress commercial? Oh, no, I haven't. I have not. Play that for me. Oh, dude, it's so great. I saw someone share it, and their thing was, dude. they I, totally went there. And I was like, oh, no. Dude, I laughed so hard. I Maybe thought we it, should close with this. I, I thought it was I so... I go host second stage. Okay. All right. I thought this was so funny. What better way to remember?
remember 9-11 than with a twin tower sale. Right now, you can get any size mattress for a twin price. Full mattress. Twin price. Queen mattress. Twin price. King mattress. Twin price. Store-wide sale all day long. (laughs) 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 Okay, so audibly, audibly, I don't find it very offensive at all. It's just kind of like a hacky reference. But what you guys didn't see, for those of you who haven't seen this, and if there's anyone actually listening to this podcast, is they had a stack of twin mattresses behind them. Twin mattresses, to be <laughs> right. clear. They had two, they had twin stacks of twin mattresses behind them. <laughs> and when she was done giving her speech, two of the salesmen fell back in and knocked and over the, the twin twin mattress. mattress towers. I mean, to oh, be fair, man. they're twin twin towers. So, you know, it's not oh, the same dude. thing. I was trying to troll people, so like there's a bunch uh, on the on those posts, not on, you. Like, on the news posts that try that were that posted. Like everyone on there was like, "This is offensive. This is terrible," and so I just I was trying to get someone to write back. No one did, but my comment was just like, "I think we're all neglecting what a great deal this is for mattresses." <laughs> like that was my only comment. Cause that that's a good deal, man. A king size mattress for the price of a twin. That's patriotic as fuck. I thought she was saying, like, if you buy one of those mattresses, you, I don't know, it's all for a twin price? Yeah, it's all for a twin price. That's a great deal, man. King-size mattresses and queen, those are expensive. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I used to sell mattresses. <sighs> there is so much markup. Oh, dude, for sure. It's like 100% markup. Like, yeah. if you see an $800 mattress, that's, uh, that, that was four, it cost the store $400 to get that. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. So, if you, if, if you have a set of mattresses and, like, it's... Say it's like this super amazing mattress, and the twin is eight hundred, and the king is like twelve hundred. They're still making twenty percent on <laughs> <Yeah>. their margin. <laughs> they're still doing all right. Yeah, that's why mattresses have such crazy. That's why mattresses have such crazy sales like that. It's because there's just so much margin mm. built in, and we're dumb enough as consumers mm. to believe it. See, that's where. But see, that's where. Or you, you'll go back and talk about things like how the market will work itself out. It's like. Really, the only way that actually works is if people are educated. Uh, yeah, what the market that's, actually that's, says that's a big part of it. Yeah, and so when people aren't educated, it really just turns into a bunch of people fucking over a bunch of people that don't know any better. Yeah, but and most <laughs> people really aren't aware of most sales practices. And I know I've talked. I think I've talked about this on here before. But like, you hear your car commercial, four thousand dollars for any trade, for like all for all new trucks this month. That's yeah. because that set of trucks they're offering you has four thousand dollars between. The invoice price and the MSRP, the manufacturer suggested retail. Mm. So then they give you four thousand for your car, sell you the car at sticker, and all you're thinking is, holy shit, I can't believe they gave me four thousand dollars for this twelve hundred dollar car. Well, guess what? They just made that twelve hundred dollars because they just got that car for nothing, basically. Mm. And then they're gonna go sell <laughs> sneaky, it to their wholesaler sneaky, sneaky. and make even more money on it. Yeah. That's fucking sneaky. So I th- I think I, th- which you've you've already said this to me before, but have but like Kelly Blue Book and True Car like fucking people over. I think true, I them. think, uh, I think Blue Book is a is a fine establishment. Do you? Uh, from what I can tell, I mean, it's everyone gets the same numbers on it, like whatever. But True Car, man, I like my that was my thing from the beginning. I was like, I wanted to write a bit about it, but I was like, maybe I wait a little bit to more people know what True Car is, let it get a little more established. Dude, it's pretty popular now, right? But like when it first came out, like a year and a half ago or whatever. Yeah, you know, people didn't really know what it was. Yeah, but I was like, "There's no way. There's no way this isn't somehow funded by dealerships." Especially when the dealerships no way. advertise the true yeah. car price. Come look at our true car price. And then, so just when Jessica and I had that awful car shopping experience, 
and I was trying to you know explain to her what it was going to be like, and she wouldn't listen to me. And then finally, she had to go live it for herself in person, you know. Yeah. To finally believe what I was telling her about car sales and how it worked. Right. We actually got like an amazing prize from this dude. Yeah. Because I was a car salesman, I knew what I was doing, and I just I walked it down that plank like. Right. It was mostly my doing. If it was just her, there, this it wouldn't have gotten this far. Yeah, yeah. So, so he he basically was selling me the car almost under invoice, but she had not calculated how much her insurance would be on this brand new car and stuff like that. Mm. So it wasn't their fault that she didn't have realistic expectations or yeah. think about budgeting yeah. her insurance or whatever. Right. So the car was listed at like, I think twenty two three. Okay. The final price he gave us was I think at seventeen four. Okay. And I'm guessing the invoice on that car was probably a little over eighteen. There's probably about three to four thousand dollars, just based on my experience of selling cars, and I used to sell for the same company. Okay, okay. So then I went price. and looked at the true car price. The true car price was one and a half thousand off MSRP, instead like, of the like three and a half thousand off MSRP that we were getting. So we were two thousand dollars better than the true car price. When we didn't take the deal because ultimately mm. she walked away. Dude, I noticed that. Uh, but here's the thing that they're also advertising. We'll show you what others are paying. People are stupid and fall for those advertising gimmicks. Yeah. So just because you're being shown the average of what others are paying, that, that, that has nothing to worth. do with what you can get that car for. Right. It right. has nothing to do with what you should get that car for. Right. If I was buying a car and I had the money, I would walk in and be like, show me your invoice price. price I'll pay you $500 over it and walk away. Mm. And they'll take it because yeah. they pay, especially new car, they t- Maybe not on a used car, but on new cars, they, dude, they're paying interest on those, for those cars on the lot. Yeah. They're paying Toyota interest. They're paying Chevy interest for every day that car is on the lot. They're expected mm. to sell within a certain amount of time, and that affects their allotment, and that affects when a new car comes out, how soon they'll get it or how late they'll get it, or when certain like color options come out. If you're going to be one of the dealerships that gets that color option, that's all determined by the rate you're moving stuff. Mm. that's why they'll fuck with the price because it's not right. just about what they made. It's about not paying interest and having the new hot shit. And when you had the new hot shit, people come to your dealership. Mm. Yeah, when but I people was, don't know this shit. When I was getting when I was getting a when I was getting a car and I was sitting at the dealership waiting, I overheard the manager talking to one of his salesmen. He's like, "We have to sell this." He's like, "The col- He's like, "The new color comes out next week, and we need room for it." And I, I was like, I, re- I remember hearing what you said, and I was like, "Ha ha ha!" Yep, yep, yep. That's why when I sold cars and I wasn't very good at it because I was too honest to people, but yeah. I'd be like, look, that car's been on our lot for 300 days, okay? Just, my manager's not just going to give you a price. You have to tell me the price you'll pay for it. He's not going to, he's not going to bend if you don't say, I will buy for this price. He's looking for right. a commitment. Right. And like, we were, we were based on volume. We got volume bonuses. We made hardly shit for commission. Okay. I was like, I'm not going to make any money on this car. I just need one more number. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what you buy the car for. It makes no difference to me. Right. <laughs> Other than the fact that it That's puts funny. one more number towards my volume bonus. Yeah. You're like, wait, what, what do you mean you don't make very much commission? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I was way too honest to be a very good car salesman. But Dude, I couldn't even sell clothes because I, I, I didn't want to hassle people. And that was for way less money than cars. But it's also like the whole short-sighted way that businesses do things. Now, like every customer that I had fucking loved me. That's good. And I had, and I was sign. only doing it for a year, but I had a couple of repeat customers and several like people that like sent me like their friends. Good shit. So like nice. if you let someone do it the right way and build it slowly, right. Eventually it has something 
Yeah. That's pretty fucking good. <laughs> Which that seem that, that that just seems like intuitive. Like that's how you would want it to be. Mm-hmm. But, but nope. But here's what I was saying. But unfortunately, Stanford's business model is kind of the business model a lot of places. Dude, their they business model is let's, let's spend as least money as possible so we have the most money as possible on drugs at the end of the month. Yeah, which theoretically is a is a great, great strategy. <laughs> they just don't realize, that, oh, if I in, in investment or input equals output, you know? Yeah, it's and not. And then I can still buy drugs. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just saying, yeah, it's it's just not a coincidence when a hundred... God, it's getting per- bad, man. Like, the, like headliners are coming three times a year and I've, i have noticed the like rotation on every week there's a down. double booking case really it's like every week i sell on facebook well i was going to be at stanford's this week Ooh, that's not i want to talk about the rest off mic okay <laughs> yeah we could we don't talk on mic but but I, I brought up kelly blue book because they give you for like what your car is worth they give you a price yeah now all those websites always say something similar. They always say something similar. However, before it looks just kind of like the gold standard for that, right? But before I went to go trade, uh, before I went to trade in my car, my insurance company they have their own version of that, right? And you'd think your insurance company is trying to like give you the most honest number, right? And their number was way higher than Kelly Blue Book. Kelly Blue Book. For good condition was around three grand, and for fair condition was around two. For my insurance company's version, good condition was eight, and fair condition was five. Yeah, they up to some shit. That is a huge difference. That's a very big difference. That is a huge fucking difference. That's a two hundred and forty percent, something like that. Dude, someone check that math. Dude, that it. That thousands of dollars, and so I showed that to the guy at the car dealership. And I think that's because if they replace your car, they want to be able to say that they had to spend eight thousand dollars replacing or fixing your car. Probably, I I would imagine that's more for like tax write off reasons, and they're inflating those prices. Yeah, maybe because from what I, what I, Blue Books is seems always pretty fair in my experience. Yeah, and th- and that's what yeah. Another thing about trading your car, and that's interesting, that a lot of people don't know, is that. There's like a blue book type like online system that's like for dealers. And mm. they know what every cars are what car they can look at region by region. Like they're they're all paying the same amount for cars in the end. Yeah. Like whatever your dealership gives you, it's if it's if your car is more than five years old, they're selling that to one of their wholesalers. And right. they're getting the same price every time. Right. So when you go to one dealership and oh, they're giving me twelve hundred, but this dealership's giving me two thousand. No, they're not, man. That's not that's not what's happening. They're not just giving you eight hundred more dollars for your car out of the kindness of their hearts. Exactly. Yeah. It's just not how it works. Yeah, I, I I realized that like when I was getting when I was trading my car in, they were way more willing to budge on the price from like give me more for my trade in than they were for the price yeah, of the car. Yeah, and they kept they kept trying to do that with my girlfriend because she wasn't trading in her car. Yeah. They kept trying to be like, well, I mean, well, are you going to trade a car in? I'd be like, they're going. Here's what they're going to sell you on. They're going to say. That you need to trade your car in because you pay sales tax on the difference, which is true. Mm-hmm. You pay sales tax on the loan. Yeah, right. So that $2,000 times 8%, you made 160 bucks back, right? Yeah. Which over the lifetime of 60 months is not jack shit. <laughs> but they want that car because they know that's their wiggle room. That's how they, that's how they make the money. That's how, they, yeah. that's how they move the numbers around to, sell, to get their numbers yep, back. That was my experience. Yep, yep. And that's what they'll do. Which I, I just, I wanted, I, I knew I wanted that car and I was going to trade it in anyways, so. 
It was so frustrating too because I, like, I, I told the sales guy, yeah, she's not going to trade it in because she wants to sell it for cash and use that money to pay off her credit card. Then the finance guy comes out. Yeah, no, no, no. She's not interested in trading in because she wants to sell it for cash. Also, I used to sell cars, blah, blah, blah. And then it finally gets to the finance manager coming out with this chalice of authority and giving, like, the final God, price. The he starts, like, his authority. starts his whole spiel again, like, you know, like, we're two little kids there. And it's like, is it not beneficial for the salesman and the finance manager to bark it up the chain that, hey, this guy used to sell cars. Hey, this guy knows what he's talking about. Versus risk me just being insu- fucking insulted by yeah. this guy coming over and talking to me like I'm an idiot. With the chalice of authority. That's yeah. so embarrassing. Yeah, fuck you, dude. That's so embarrassing. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> An adult with the... Ch- <laughs> I find that so humorous. Uh, and on that note, I'm going to get out of here. Okay. You, all right. Yeah, we can end this shit. We'll find some music to put on the front and back later. Yeah, yeah. I can do that whenever. All right. Peace out, motherfuckers. Yeah. Please email the show. Someone. Kansas listening. Podcast at Gmail. Hit us up on social media. I'm Jeff Warner. My handle's like Jeff the Indian. G-E-O-F-F, to be clear. Yeah, G-E-O-F-F, motherfucker. My, uh, my name on just about everything is some variation of Dust in the Wind. It's either just Dust in the Wind or it's got a 17 at the end because someone else thought they could have the name Dust in the Wind before me. Fuck those people. Yeah, fuck that person. doesn't mean it to them what it means to me. They're, I bet their name's not from Dustin or they're not from Kansas and one of their favorite bands is Kansas who sings a song called Dust in the Wind. <laughs> it's not that deep for them. Fuck them. Right. And you know it would help <laughs> us out a lot if you're actually listening to the show... Give us a rate on iTunes. Maybe leave a comment. Same with SoundCloud. Same, SoundCloud works the same way as iTunes. Give it a like if you're actually listening. Dude, did you get that screenshot I sent you the other day? Yeah, I did. You know, Sorry, Sound, I forgot to respond. SoundCloud be all random as shit. Yeah, like, I did hey, see that. watch Doug was... Loves Mini. It's like, what? I've never even subscribed to that. Why are you telling me about it? But it's like, don't miss Straight Eye Kansas. I was like, how many other people saw this? How many people saw this? <laughs> that, yeah, I did. See, sorry, I forgot to respond. But yeah, I thought that was cool. I was like, oh, Jeff's not excited? Fine. Fuck Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my bad. All right, guys. We'll see you later. Peace. Oh, shit, man. Damn peachy black gangsters are at it again. I wonder who they fucked up today. You motherfucker. Got him. Ruthless. Everywhere we go, they say, damn. And WA's fucking up the program. And then you realize we don't care. We don't just say no. We're too busy saying, yeah. About drinking straight out the eight bottle. Do I look like a motherfucking role model to a kid looking up to me? Life ain't nothing but bitches and money. Cause I'm the type of nigga that's built to last. If you fuck with me, I put my foot in your ass. See, I don't give a fuck cause I keep bailing. Yo, what the fuck?